This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. Hey, this is Rich. And this is Paul. And today we are going to discuss some comics, some old, originally Dark Horse published comics, now obviously being published under Marvel's banner. But uh, it was a series of comics called Tales of the Jedi. And then there's a little mini series called the Freedom Nad Uprising. So we're gonna we're actually gonna be discussing like the first two arcs of Tales of the Jedi, yeah. and then Freedom Nad Uprising is like a little mini series that kind of brings the two arcs together. After this I think I think this is because we've done comics twice before, although I don't know that our listeners will have heard both times because <laughs> we did. Oh, yeah, they will. We did. <laughs> oh, they will. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. We did um, the Infinities. Oh no! Wait, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nope. See, we we did the Infinities, and we right. did the the Zahn, um Air to the Empire adaptation, and we did that Mall one. But that that one. Oh, was, and we did the Mall one. Yeah. So we've yeah. done we've done comics three, three times before. In fact, so far, which I hadn't thought about until just now, comics has been our most common medium. Interesting. I don't I don't even know if that's interesting because like the comics are very rich in terms of both the depth and breadth of what they have available. In other words. There are way more comics than there are movies. Right. There are way more comics than there are games. There right. are way more comics than there are novels. Like, you know, there's the, yeah. the the comics have, and they span like the whole fucking thing. You know, there's like, well, in right. terms of two layers of time, right? One yeah, layer definitely. of time, meaning since basically the beginning of Star Wars, mm-hmm. there have been comics, but right. also in the Star Wars universe, the comics go back for thousands of years prior to the Battle of Yavin, and right. yeah. quite a while after. I don't know how long after, but quite a while after as well. Right. Yeah, no, these, uh, there, there have been series like this one that deal with stuff 4,000 years in the past. There has been, uh, there was a series that Dark Horse put out called Legacy, which dealt with like kind of a far into the future, like a couple of generations into the future yeah. uh, from, the, from the original trilogy. And now even they're going to be doing, now that, now that Marvel's kind of got their paws back on it, they're going to be doing a pre-Republic, or not pre-Republic, but pre-Dawn of the Jedi type. I'm going to like, say that again. Like prior to Jedi at all? Prior well, to any Jedi existing? Or what do you mean by that? Well, I think what they're doing is they're doing, this, this uh, High Republic thing is going to have the Jedi in it, but it's... Oh, so it's part of it's part it's, of the High Republic. Yep, there's going to be books and comics involved in that. Because so, we already talked about some of the books, and right. we're going to do we're eventually we're going to do those books because I right. I have deep interest in those books. Yeah, I, this is the kind of stuff that I I really want to get into. Like, where yeah. what are the origins of the Force and the origins yeah. of the Jedi and the light side and the dark yeah. side? And but reading through this, even this, which is which is touted as hey, this is 4,000 years before Luke Skywalker was born. This is like the height of the Jedi and the rise of the Sith and all this stuff. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. well, this has got to be kind of like the origins of it. But even at that point, they're talking about, they kept, uh, they kept saying things like, um, well, before hyperspace was invented. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, that's, I was one of the things, the first things that I wrote down was that, well, shit, it never occurred to me that there was a time in the Star Wars universe before hyperspace, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, yeah. there had to have been, but yeah. it was 
it was even 4,000 years in the past, they still had hyperspace. So that technology, yeah. when we learn about it, when we find out about it, it is 4,000 years old. We don't have yeah. any mode of transportation that's 4,000 years old, do we? No, and I, no. And I think, I think depending on what source you're looking at, well, horses maybe, but... Sure, but... Um, <laughs> But none of those, none, no, there are no 4,000-year-old horses. What are you saying? <laughs> um, I, always, I always thought, and this is a, I don't know, this is one of those things that I'm sure could be just sort of waved away or whatever. But when Obi-Wan sure. Kenobi said, for a thousand generations, yeah. in my head, I always did the calculation of, does that mean 20,000 years of there being Jedi and being the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy? Meaning that for multiple tens of thousands of years there has been hyperdrives and interstellar travel and whatever like i mean this is one of those things where like i am not 100 percent sure and maybe wikipedia says this right i'm not 100 percent sure that there is an agreed upon timeline for this date twenty-six thousand years before the battle of yavin is when hyperdrives were invented and uh, people could get from one planet to another right I, okay, maybe there is sure. but i haven't I, seen that yeah, I don't know. But even so, like whether I maybe Obi-Wan was being was speaking in hyperbole or whatever, but like to me it just said like even more than 4000 years there's been just so thousands and thousands of years of yeah. people knowing about the Force, people there being Jedi, you know, all this stuff. But from from Star Wars uh, A New Hope, the first film, everything else that we've talked about, that we read about, that we do whatever, owes itself to that. Right. That film is the reason the rest of this stuff exists. So even though you and I have said a number of times, like, hey, you know what? We're building our own canon here. You know, we're, yeah. we're examining for ourselves and we're just sort of doing this, whatever. If there is anything, if there's anything that's close to a Bible or a scripture for Star Wars, I have always thought of it as the first film is as close as you can get to scripture, as close as you can get to the way things are. And I'm not sure that there's not any particular reason why, except that at least in my head, that's sort of the birth of everything I know about Star Wars. Right. And for many people sure. that is, you know, yeah. so, so that's why in my head there, it's always been like 30,000 years of Jedi just simply because Obi-Wan tosses off this line of, for a thousand generations, blah, 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 blah. Right. I just do the calculation and think, okay, a thousand times 20 for a generation, right? means 20,000 years. Not that right. that was ever said to be the real, the truth of it. I just took that as the way it was because he said that in that film. Okay. You know? That makes sense to me because when I remember when uh, I first saw that movie, or not first when I first saw that movie, but a few years after I'd seen the movie, like I'd watched it again and i had to ask my mom what a generation was oh and she explained it as about 25 years that's kind of how i took it as well so i mean yeah. if if that's the case if there's 20,000 years of the jedi being the rulers or not rulers but the organizers of peace and justice right the shepherds if you would if there's a thousand generations that 20,000 years this story that we read or these stories that we read are still kind of at the tail end of that. Yeah, exactly. And it's how, like, it's how the, weird is that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it like, and that's what, and that's, and that's this same time frame, very close to this time frame is one of the things that we're doing next or semi next is right. the Knights of the Old Republic PC game. 
Right. And that's roughly 4,000 years prior to the Battle of Yavin. Yes, yeah. And it's called the Old Republic. But the Old Republic, now that I think about this, maybe that doesn't mean the old part of that republic just means the prior republic to the current, so to speak, republic that the characters live in, right? In other words, even if it's 4,000 years ago, it's like 20,000 years in from the start of the old republic. You know what I mean? Like even 4,000 years ago from the Battle of Yavin, the old republic has existed for thousands and thousands of years already. If all of this stuff that is planted in our heads is remotely true, right? Which it might be. I mean, it might be. be, And it might not be like there might, there's probably some fucking timeline page out there that, that says Mm -hmm. something way different than what we're saying now. I'll bet we could. Sure. I'm sure there is. I'm sure Wikipedia or whatever has like a, uh, an authoritative timeline that just fucks with everything we just said. I just, I quick looked it up on my phone while while you were talking when you first started talking there, and yeah. it, it's exhaustive. Just the hyperdrive thing is all I looked yeah. up. It was like it's like pages long on how like hyperdrive came to be and all this other crap. So it's like okay, well, I'll, I'll look at that later. I just thought, I just wanted a quick answer. Wikipedia, God damn yeah. it, I just wanted a quick answer. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Well, let's 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 talk about this. Let's talk about the tales of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let's talk about because, tales of the Jedi. Because there are some things that I liked about this. There yeah. are some questions that I have, like some very yeah. real questions I have here. The first thing that I noticed that kind of gave me pause was the dark side is kind of literal. There's there's this there's this greater tangibility to it. Right. Like there's in, a like in there's this a, stuff. It has kind of its own character. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, as yeah. I understood the Force, it was like this this conglomerate of the essences of all living things, right? Yeah. But this feels like it's a very real presence that is like encroaching yeah. on whatever area of the Jedi we're in, because there's a, a point where there's like literal darkness, and they can't see, and the lights. Yeah. Are, and I thought, yeah. what? Wait, what? Wait. Yeah. What? <laughs> and and the way this the way they talk about this king guy, it's like yeah. the dark side invaded him sort of, you know, is that's that's right. kind of how they talk about it a little bit, you know? Right. Not that not that he's like, hmm, light side or dark side? I don't know. It's more like the dark side like snuck up and shivved him. <laughs> right, right. <You> know? <laughs> dark side shiv. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm evil. I'm, I'm a bad guy now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dark side guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how I felt about that because the concept that I had, like I said, was that, that it was like a, a conglomerate. It was a all living things. It was the energy yeah, of yeah. all living things. Even later on, they talk about how the force is either good or bad, depending on the user. Now, we had talked about this before. So yeah, when I saw this yeah. in print, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what yeah. I wanted to hear, you know? But it seems, like, it seems like the dark side is personified in this, almost as, like I said, like a character of its own. And I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that. What, yeah, what's what's your take on that? Okay, I'm going to put a pin in something else and later on we'll bring it back to this too because the the timing of when this stuff is written has a lot of effect on what goes in it, I think. I mean, obviously that makes sense for anything in the sure, sure. stuff that we examine. But right. 
the original films. So at this point, the original films, one or a couple of the Thrawn books and some of the comics exist when these comics were written. This is like 93, 94, right? right? And at that point, you're dealing with you're dealing with what existed then in terms of how people thought the dark side was then or the Jedi were then. The reason I'm sort of going a little broad here is because, so you notice in these, in these stories, Nomi Sunrider is married to a Jedi and they have a kid and it doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. There's yeah. No, Nobody there's, cares. It, like, and when they go to the Jedi, there's like, Oh yeah. And here's the Jedi nursery over here. You know, like there's all kinds of Jedi families and marriages and stuff. Because as I was thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute until the promo stuff for episode two appeared. Right. I'm not sure it was laid out that Jedi don't get married or fall in love. See, and I thought about that too. My take on that was whatever is coming of this arc of the series, this, this, this whole Tales of the Jedi series, feels like it's maybe building up to like a reimagining of what the Jedi are going to be. This feels like a proto-Jedi almost. And so, and so I kind of allowed myself to just kind of gloss over that, but it did, yeah. it did pique my interest. It did pique my interest. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted to... No, well, and that's... You're kind of in the same spot I am in terms of like whether in the bounds of this story or these sets of Tales of the Jedi, we come to the monastic sensibility of the Jedi right. or whether that's never mentioned and the first thing we get is really, you know, episode two or whatever. That, that kind of tells us the mindset of the people writing this stuff. And then, man, I could just go on all day about this. <laughs> there's like an there's there's an archaeological sense when you and I go examine something. There's the archaeology of like okay, at, at this layer of depth in the sediment, right? <laughs> the the writers and the 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 people of the team there are dealing with this set of knowledge and this right. set of uh, assumptions. And then you move a couple layers up in the sediment, and then the people at that level are writing things with that previous thing now part of the thing they're standing on right it's being right, built the sure. whole time i like watching it happen i like the inside bits of like and there's things about the force here that would be great to talk about oh, yeah. in a couple of the later <laughs> issues but i also like thinking about the sort of joe or jane writer sitting at their desk creating this and going okay here's what i know about the force here's right. what i know about the dark side and then coming up with the thing that right. actually winds up being a huge influence on everything in the interim between return of the jedi and phantom menace 16 years right 16 years yep. all these extra things happen that create more things that then the films draw on to further along by the time you get to phantom menace the audience the writers everybody knows so much more about star wars than they would had they only seen the original trilogy. Okay. You know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. there's more there's more Sith stuff laid out. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't think unless the novelizations had it, like the rule of two in the Sith, like that wasn't a thing in New Hope, Empire Jedi. No. Right? Not even and in the novelizations. So even though that is clearly what was going on, if you look back with that knowledge, it may not have been codified that way. And then the the intervening things set it up so that in in the phantom menace when yoda says always two there are no more no less that knowledge that he says with that comes not from the original trilogy 
but from all of the layers between the original trilogy and Phantom Menace. Okay. At least I think it does. I mean, maybe yeah. Lucas already ha- always had it in his head, but it wasn't apparent from the material that he created. No. That he intended there to be a rule of two kind of thing. The Sith are this and that, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, you know? even, even in Return of the Jedi, you know, Vader was going to turn Luke over to the Emperor to turn him to the dark side. To like, yeah, there was going to be three of them then. There was going to so like, so yeah, so exactly. So so either only Darth Sidious knew that there could only be two, <laughs> or that wasn't a thing, and yeah. the three of them were going to be like super dark side masters and kill shit and whatever. Right, right. Well, super dark side masters that would make super for a good super show. dark side masters. That's going to be yeah, my like new that. limited edition series. <laughs> <laughs> As I was reading through these, I noticed some stuff that, and I should have written this down, but it's stuff that made me think, oh, I wonder if this is where Lucas got the idea for this. You know, like little stuff, not, not anything major, but little things. Yeah. Like Coruscant, right? Like it was a, yeah. like it was a city on the planet. Like it covered the whole planet. They describe yeah. it as such. No, it's not built up the way it is in Phantom Menace. I mean, Phantom obviously, Menace, yeah. we've got there. You have literal layers on layers of these the city, this planet wide city that's just you know kind of growing up instead of out. Did he have an idea of what Coruscant was going to be before this comic came out? And did he? This gets a little bit into our discussion too of like, what George Lucas? What was your involvement? Yeah. In, <laughs> in deciding what was canon and what was not, and what could go and be a thing and what couldn't. Right. You know, because we talked about it in terms of just like profit and who cares, who gives a shit. Right. Because like I was reading about when we agreed to sort of start doing Knights of the Old Republic, I was just going back and reading something, an interview with one of the creators, something like that. This person said, the only pushback we ever got from Lucasfilm was, hey, can you make this guy's like appendage longer or shorter? You know, like that was the only stuff they ever got from <laughs> Lucasfilm on their, and, and Knights of the Old Republic has a lot of information in it. And it tells you a lot of things and it lays out a lot of things. Yeah, goddamn, um, yes it does. <laughs> and and so, for, so for Lucasfilm to sort of just be like, hey, that should be purple. It feels like rather than there being a master plan, they just assimilated the master plan from the material that got created in the interim. I mean, it's Maybe impl- that's not bad. No. But it just, it just reads yeah. like, it just seems that way, you know? Yeah, which, okay, so now with that framing... I can see why so many people are up in arms about Disney wiping out the extended universe and installing their own, right? Yeah. Because there were, there were a lot of people that were like, you took away our fiction. And, yeah. you know, which we, we all know that they didn't take away their fiction. Just, it still exists. You can go and read it. It still exists. You can go yeah. buy it right now. There's just a, yeah. you know what? There's, it's always been, it's been relabeled. Right. Just go buy the damn thing and it'll say legends on right. it. Who cares? Or, yeah. Or if you really want to get ballsy, go to a used bookstore and buy one that doesn't say legends on it. Yeah. You'll be just fine. It's still chill there. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Chill out. But I can see why people are that upset then if that is really what it is, that this all fed into the movies. But I, I seem to remember an, an interview, and I'll have to find this, but I seem to remember an interview with Lucas where he said, only the films are canon. So none of this even matters as far as Lucas's vision. As far as he's concerned, this is all fan fiction. But on the flip side, he clearly draws from it. Right. To make the the later films, right? In some respect, he draws from it. Sure, yeah. To to make the later films, you know. I firmly believe that. I mean, like the, just from, just the Coruscant stuff makes me think of that. You know, the fact that there are other huts that are gangsters. 
Yeah, because there's other huts in the in the things. Speaking of the huts, the hut gang, all those little like minions, they all talk like yeah. circa 1920s gangsters. Did you notice I that? Know. I know. <laughs> it's like, hey boss, what side. do you want me to do with these? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Boy, Jabba's gonna have his knickers in a twist if he yeah. finds out the. Or no, that that was a weird way to say it, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very strange way another put way you, uh, put your pop gun away <laughs> <laughs> the 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 writer uses the plural of jedi is jedis yes oh what yeah that I got under that. my skin i was yeah. like what because that's I, I think that's already established even just in the original films maybe not but still like it's it doesn't sound as cool right right jedis doesn't sound as cool jedis. as a jedi look at that bunch of jedis over there Look at look at those Jedi's all <laughs> dancing around. There's like five waving. or six Jedi's all gathered in a little little group there, <laughs> waving their lightsabers and whatnot, <laughs> waiting to go to a convention, <laughs> dancing around the Maypole, <laughs> dancing around the May the Fourth be with. There's there's another weird Go-bum. thing too. I think it just a forgetting or a mixing of this whole how long has the universe or how long has the galaxy been integrated so so part of this the beast wars of andoran are sort of the backdrop for these things right when the jedi first arrived there the three apprentices of master arca they go to the royal palace in the main city and they they're they're like okay well we need to talk to the queen and then the guards grab the twi'lek guy (laughs) and they're like you know aliens can't come in there yeah and i was like but wait a minute they're all aliens all of them aliens (laughs) like it's not like it's not like there was like a, whoa, like whoa, a whoa. <laughs> right. It's there's a very sort of weirdly racist thing where like since Ulik and Kay Keldroma look like the Onderonians, they're cool, <laughs> even though they are just as alien as the Twi'lek guy. Right, right. Um right. Toptanita is his name. Talk yeah, oh yeah. The the Twilight Jedi or Twi'lek Jedi Toctanita. What every time he's introduced, that's how he's introduced, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Twilight, the Twilight, uh, talk to Dito. What? Like, yeah. they've got to point that out. That's got to be like, racist. Well, you know what? Is this, is this, this is actually, this has got to be, and I think actually kudos to this book or these books too, because this might be, when you, when you think about the works of Star Wars from the beginning to this point, I think it is possible. Oh, no, no. I'm take that back. Duh, of course, Yoda. What I was right. going to say was, hasn't there only been human Jedi? No, of course not. There's been Yoda, so never mind. Right, right. Um, I take it back. Take it back. I <laughs> uh, take take back my insight. It is not insightful at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is in fact outsight. It is. Uh, it is remarkably stupid thing to say. <laughs> what it made me think of was like, this is my Hispanic friend Jose. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like every time you introduce him, this is my Hispanic friend Jose. And Jose's like, wait, man, why do you keep introducing me as why, your Hispanic friend? Like, like you just say like, my name. Am I, your, am I your Twi'lek friend just so you can stay your night yeah. yes. <laughs> Oh, God. Yes. Uh, but that, that's a very 90s thing to do, very 90s comic. Yeah. Do, you know, to introduce it. Like, you know, because if you go back and you look at like old X Men comics, they're like, Storm, Mistress of the Weather, or whatever. Every time, every issue, even though yeah. you've been reading, like, I read, I read X-Men every single month, but every time Storm was introduced, it was Storm, Mistress of the Weather. I was like, oh, all right. Oh, yeah, okay. Now that we have that established. The, the same on. one I saw last month? Great. Right, Good. right. Got it. Oh, her, yeah. No, not the other one. 
there's something I picked up on early in the series too. Ulick says he's heard many stories of the dark side, but he's never seen it at work. And we talked about this a little bit in terms of like, there's got to be a better way for the Jedi to deal with the, like their students learning about the dark side. Right. Other, other than completely shielding them from it. Because later on, I, we, you know, I think we both of us know this later on. Ulick falls to the dark side. Oh, he I is, didn't know that. He is, okay. Well, well, fucking spoiler alert. Well, now you fucking know, dude. <laughs> Ulick is actually the apprentice of Exar Kun, who later appears in the Jedi Academy novels as like the spirit of Exar Kun corrupts one of the new Jedi, you know, and makes him like, oh, dark side yes. or whatever. Okay, all right. Okay. So, but but Ulick turns back to the light towards the end of his life. <laughs> as they always alert, do, right? As they yeah. always fucking do. Well, not yeah. Exar Kun and not Frieden Nad or the jelly guy who loses all his bones and turns into like... <laughs> The, the blobber sister, the blobber dark side guy. You know what that made me think of? I don't know if you ever watched Fraggle Rock when you were a kid. No, I didn't. Fraggle Rock, Fraggle no. Rock had a had a uh, trash heap, a character called the Trash Heap, and it was like this sassy, sassy trash heap, you know, like like Jewish. Just a, just a heap yeah. of trash. Yeah, it was like a heap, uh, like a heap of trash <laughs> that talked, and it was like I'm going to tell you what your problems are, Gobo. You know that kind of. <laughs> And uh, and that's what that reminded me of when he just melted down. I was like, oh, that's how. Yeah, he just like melts into like a pile, and his face is on top. And that's what happens with the trash heap and freckle. <laughs> <laughs> Come get me next time you need some advice. You know, <laughs> that's what that made me think of. So so so, but back to what I was saying though is that yeah. like, this is this is a, I think maybe a constant failure of the Jedi is to sort of demonize the dark side. It's almost like they barely even discuss it. Although, well, no, they, he's heard many stories of it, but they, they don't even like examine it at all. They don't even look, they don't look in depth at it. They just accept as gospel that you should not touch the dark side. Well, they, they or, make it, they make it taboo. They make it taboo. And then, yeah. then everybody's like, well, good. Can't, can't do and that. But then eventually, and, you know, and that's no way to, I, th- I think that's just, that's just no way to learn about it. You know, you're not right. equipped to resist it if you want to resist it. Right. If all you know is like the rumors and stories right. rather than like an approach and maybe even like a near run in or whatever. Like, so the example being master Thon, who is a great character, I think on his planet, he like constantly engages with the dark side. He like pushed it into this little lake thing. Yeah. Right. So he knows and he confronts it and he says things about how he does it to sort of feel the tension between the light and dark and understand it. Like, right. what a great field trip for the little Jedi younglings to go there and be like, hey, guys, just so you know, this is, the, this is what the dark side feels like. They, because between that, planets like Dagobah, other places that clearly that the, the, the lore says have sort of concentrated dark side presence, whatever that means, mm-hmm. that would be a great place to take people, to take apprentices or students and like be like, this is what it feels like to have the dark side pushing at you, pulling at you, whatever, rather than, you know, I've heard stories, but I've never seen it in person and then later fall to it and become yeah. a bad, whatever. So now this just, is this, this, I think, it, sorry, one more bit. No, no, go ahead. This I think just sort of maybe unintentionally, but it adds to this thread of like the Jedi hubris throughout the whole thing. Anyway, that's anyway, point, point made. No, no, that's that's a really good point, actually. That adds to that, that it adds to this idea that, well, if we just keep it away, then 
there's no problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's something <laughs> to the idea of like knowing your enemy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's and so that's why I think Master Thon is the best one out of all these things. Right. It's cuz he is like examining himself and looking at things the whole time. He's testing his own metal and finding that edge of like I know where the dark side is. I know what it feels like. I know what I know where I can step and where I can't step in terms of like my relationship to whatever. So he's in my in my view Master Thon is like the least likely to fall to the dark side. Oh, because right. he rides up against it and he like examines it or whatever and he's like right. he's like, he confronts it and feels out the boundaries rather than just avoid and run away from the dark side whatever right. whatever it is still. right like okay so like that to me like you said you know I, I do think you're right i think you're right he's the most qualified to kind of push back against it because every other character that comes into contact with it here almost lets out like a comical, like screech right. about oh, it. Oh, like, the dark side. It's right. hurting me. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, Ulick, is it Ulick? Yeah. Ulick. Uh, That's Ulick. how I say it. Ulick, Ulick, Ulick. But who cares? Ulick. It's a no, fucking we'll, made up name, dude. Say however you want. Well, we're going to go, we're going to go with your version of it because then we have continuity. We have continuity. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Okay. How do you say it again? Ulick? Ulick. Ulick. <laughs> Ulik, okay, Ulik. 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 So even like Ulik, right? When he when he gets the sense of the dark side, he's like, ah, the dark side, ah, you know, and <laughs> and 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 I don't I mean <laughs> but that's the other that's that's the other thing that made me think that this was kind of personified. Like all all somebody has to do is be like, oh shit, the dark side. And then everybody's like, fuck, I feel the dark side too. Oh. Right. Everyone loses their minds. Right. Yeah. And the, the dark side was very strange in this. And I, and I, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to chalk this up to this writer because I think he's the writer for the whole series. This John oh, Jackson Miller. Okay. Yeah. He's also written some other novels like an Obi-Wan Kenobi novel. I think he did. I think this is a matter of him getting his feet under him and saying, all right, we're going to have to try and tell this story of, you know, 4,000 years ago. How do we make it seem archaic, but still familiar, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Like the Sith stuff is still not defined, right? Sith Lords control Sith people or Sith armies. There's Sith stuff. And those right. two dark side magician people go to the Sith <laughs> museum yeah they find yeah. a sith book and they take it or whatever it's like sterilized it's in a museum it's not like i guess the question is in, in at least in these five books or seven books i should say are there any sith present i feel like there aren't i feel like this is like the beginning of their resurgence because they make a reference to oh there's going to be a great dark side uprising in your lifetime when they're right. talking to um What's her name? Not Skywalker. What's her name? Star Sunrider. Sunrider. Yeah. There you go. Um, when they're talking to Sunrider, or at least in some narration for her, mm -hmm. they're yeah. talking about how there's going to be this great dark side uprising, which I'm interpreting to be like the Sith coming to try and balance, uh, you know, the force yeah. for their end. So I don't think there's any Sith around because, like you said, it, this stuff was in a museum, right? Yeah. Well, it struck me as being the same situation that the Jedi were in during like a new hope in empire strikes back where there were people that were like, ah, 
that's ancient. That's not, that's not even real. We're not even sure that the Jedi oh. even existed, you know, like that kind of, yeah. where, <laughs> which also, which was weird then, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, because it was what, 20 years. It was 20 it's 20, years. like Han Solo probably literally saw a Jedi on TV when he was a kid. Like that's, that's how I interpreted it was that this was going, this is kind of the cusp of this next great sort of war. We re, right? sort of rediscovering the Sith and then. Right. Like, so in your, so in this, I mean, I think there is one of the next arcs is the great Sith war. Right. Oh, um, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure which exactly there's, there's like five or six arcs in this Tales of Jedi set. The interesting thing to me will be, will, will the Sith, will they physically return from an exile or will they be reborn by rediscovering their ways? You know what I mean? The way that they left it, I felt like those two, the cousins, uh, I cannot remember their names, but at the very yeah. end of the, uh, the very end of the Freedom Nad uprising. Yeah. Issue two. Yep. I felt like they are going to resurrect the Sith as a religion or as a sect. That's the way I took it. Yeah. Like, I mean, like who they, knows, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I, I've, again, I've never read these, so I don't, I really don't have any fucking idea. <laughs> but that's the way it felt like it was left for me. You know, speaking of that Freedom Nad uprising, I thought, for some reason, I thought that this was going to be, that this was going to be about Freedom Nad himself. Oh, and, and like, like the story of what he did when he right, came to the, yeah. Right, like, because, I mean, it was, what, 400 years ago or something like that? that yeah. He, that he was killed or that he died. Like, I thought this was going to shoot back in time to tell us that. And then I, and I, when I thought about that, when I, look at, when I looked at it, I looked at the first cover, I was like, oh, shit, this has got all three of these, these Jedi, these main Jedi, and the Twi'lek Jedi. The token Twi'lek. I th- and when I first saw that, I was like, oh, wait, where, where are they going to go with this, right? Yeah. But we did get some of the backstory. We just didn't get a ton of it. We didn't yeah. get enough of it for my taste. Like, I no, wanted to know because they talked about a little bit about the Sith because these two, these two characters, they were investigating it. And they went to Bones, Boneless McGee to find out mm. about it. Or we're going to call him the Great Trash Heap now. Um, <laughs> They went to him to to find out about it, and he's like, "Oh, go make go make a copy of this. I'm gonna need this book." And then you know, and that's when all kind of hell breaks loose. But so I feel like I felt kind of lost in this sometimes. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I'm, if I'm being completely honest here, I felt kind of lost in this sometimes because because it, okay, it's four thousand years in the future, right? And I have to let go of some things that I already know before consuming these comics, the idea that kyber crystals are what you use Make the lightsabers, yeah. Right. I have to let go of Jedi can't marry. I have to let go of, you know, I mean, there were, there were a number of things that I had to say, okay, like you were saying, we have to look at this from an archaeological perspective almost, where, oh shit, we're like the Indiana Jones <laughs> of the Star Wars universe. You're fucking right we are. <laughs> I got to get a hat. (laughs) (laughs) This belongs in a museum. Uh, But like I had to, I had to give up on that. Right. I had to give that stuff. I had to set that stuff aside because that stuff isn't pertinent to this because it didn't exist when this didn't exist yet. Yeah. And so, and so I felt I had a hard time just like jumping into this and being with this, these these issues as we were reading them, as I was reading them. 
that being said, I, I did find some stuff that I could relate to, you know? Yeah. We were talking about uh, Fawn, the Jedi Master. Yeah. I, I liked him a lot. Like, he, yeah. Just like you. I liked him a lot. I liked the idea that he, boy, he had a lot of patience. Yeah. For, for, uh, Nomi Sunrider. Nomi Sunrider. Yeah. He had a lot of patience for her because she was just like, nope, not going to do it. And he's like, not going to touch this lightsaber. Brett, not doing a lightsaber. He's like, you got to do it. Nope, not going to do it. I'm going to put it in your back. Nope, not going to do it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the whole time. But like, he knew, like, he knew that that's what was going to happen. You know, like he knew that he yeah. she would eventually, she would take up the lightsaber. And, you know, to me, he feels kind of like the, the Yoda, like the original trilogy Yoda. Yes. 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 For sure. This, this arc. Well, yeah. Especially because like he goes to a place where there is the dark side. Right. And he's like the, he's like the lid on that container. Basically. Right. Yep. Just like Yoda at Dagobah. Yeah. I also found it interesting that they subtitle him. Like they give him the little asterisk in a box to say like what he's saying, but still Chewie gets fucked over, right? Still Chewie's the Chewie is, Chewie yeah. is still the only one. They're still racist that, against Chewie. Yeah, they're still racist against Chewie, man. And not even all Wookiees, just Chewie. Just Chewie. Like, did, I, did a guy named Chewbacca wrong somebody who wrote these things? <laughs> <laughs> what, Chewbacca? You tell you what, man. It's going to happen. Here's what you have to say, Gronk. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca, like the real Chewbacca, is like I never said that. This I ne- is I've I, never even said Gronk. With Gronk isn't a word. What's the matter with you? As <laughs> like fuck you, Baca. Just, he calls him Baca. Like Chew is his first name and Baca is his last name. So I'm I'm right there with you in terms of the. It's a little hard to wrap your head around a little bit. Yeah, and it's like a, a very different style of storytelling too. Mm-hmm. And the visuals are very early '90s comics kind of thing. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's very, it's you know, it's it's that way. That's and that's what it is. One thing, maybe two things at least. Yeah. One is Nomi's, and I think also Arkajeth displays this too. Is the battle meditation yes. power? Yeah. Yep. That makes an appearance in Knights of the Old Republic as well. Oh, I don't okay. know if you started the game yet or not. I did. I did. I haven't gotten very okay, far. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not spoiling it to say that Bastila, Bastila's power is battle meditation. Okay. All right. He can do the same thing that Nomi Sunrider can do. Okay. In terms of swaying a battle, sort of using the force to sort of in the in the agglomerate sway a battle toward one way or the other, just using the force. Which also, by the way, talk about a power that's way cooler than any Jedi in the like the films. With the battle meditation? Battle meditation. Yeah. A, a power that's both more subtle, but also more powerful than any like force push or lightning or whatever, right? Like that, I, I always think of like the Battle of Geonosis for some reason. Mm-hmm. When I think of like all of the Jedi that are just bleh in the, in the, in the prequel trilogy films. Yep. They're like just nothing characters. They're just whatever. Red shirt Jedi. Retro Jedi just there to get killed or whatever. None of the Jedi of that time have anything approaching, it seems, an ability like battle meditation that is, like I said, more subtle, but also somehow more Jedi-like too, to me, in right. terms of how it's not just about picking up a lightsaber and doing your thing. The Jedi as like a focus for the Force can do these incredible things. Like they're a prism almost. The, yeah, and that it, it lends, it, le- it does lend an, a little bit more of a, for me, 
one of my tastes that I like in Jedi stuff is that mystical flavor of how they do things, like the Yoda-ness or the Thawne-ness of it. Like, I, I don't care quite as much as like, who is the better lightsaber duelist. Right. I care about who has interesting perspectives on the Force or who can do interesting things with like the philosophies or whatever. So like to me, battle meditation is such a cool Jedi thing that I'm, I'm glad it got introduced here and then carried on into Knights of the Old Republic when that became a thing too. So let me ask you a question. How do you interpret battle meditation as being applied? What is it exactly that they're doing with the force so my mental model of the force is still kind of like this electromagnetic field that's kind of everywhere, right? Right. And it's almost like that is like a... So you know how when they're, when they're flying the Millennium Falcon and Han is like, Chewie, join their transmissions. Mm-hmm. I view battle meditation as kind of like that. Not for technology, but for beings, for, okay, right? Sure. So yeah. in other words, just like that's just like a touch more fatigue or a touch more aggression, or a touch more, like, just subtle influences that applied across 10,000 people makes a difference. Right. Like, you know what well, I mean? Now all of a sudden they question why they're there or something, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and like, again, it's not like, it's not like taking direct control of somebody's mind. Right. Just blasting out a signal jammer or whatever, epicentered on you, of like feel tired or get excited or like something like that. Just, you have to poop. Just a subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a force brown note. Yeah. Across the battlefield. Oh. <laughs> and then they get blasted. And, yeah. <laughs> but to me, that's that's the like. It's it's not as like Darth Sidious would like rip your fucking brain out of your nostril, you know, or. Right. Darth Vader would crush you in the force or whatever, but battle meditation is more powerful than either of those things. Even though the person doing battle meditation does not like just blast their will onto one person. They're just like adding to the tide a little bit. It's like powerful, but subtle, but it does the job. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Sure. So to me, that's, that's why I, I like that Jedi power or that, that force ability or whatever you want to call it for that, that less blast sense and more of a tune to the universe sense sort of thing, you know? Yeah. No, in my I, conception of it, right? I, I dig that. No, I, I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that interpretation of it because frankly, I was a little concerned about it because I thought, I felt like the way that they were describing it was kind of like what you were saying Sidious was do, would do, was where he would just grab a hold of you and say, this is what you're going to do, you know? Like, my, at first I thought, okay, well, maybe it's like moving, a pawns on a, moving pawns on a chessboard. But then there's some moral questions with that, right? Yeah. There's no free will if you're being told to, you know, flank the bad guys on this side yeah. by suggestion, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, mentally being, you know, being forced to do that. But I'm yeah. But I think I like I like your interpretation of that better. And and yeah. good because that I struggled with. I think the game addresses it better. Right. So so maybe um, oh, and maybe this is why is that when, as soon as they said battle meditation I knew exactly what it meant because I had seen it in the game before. I knew what it was. And in the game Bastila does not do it like against the backdrop of one like city. She's right. she's standing in a spaceship 
doing it to like a giant field of starfighters in front of her and like okay. subtly influencing it that way. So it's like, it's more dispersed and it's still like, you can still lose the battle even if you're battle meditating. Sure. You know what I mean, it's yeah. not this like guaranteed, like, you know, crush your opponent's kind of thing. It's just, it, it's so valuable in the way it is. It's still a, a great thing. I, I like the way you're describing it. And that's where I'm going to put it in my head. I have a question. Could it be that some of these things like the, I don't know what the name of that crystal was. It starts with an A, but I can't think of the name of it. The oh, crystal the, that they used for the Jedi. Or yeah. for the Could it be that that is just one of multiples of types of crystals that were used back 4,000 years ago, but the only one that has survived was Kyber by the time... By the time we roll around to... Uh, yeah, by the time we get to... Yoda existing, and yeah. yeah, Yoda Republic and stuff. So number like, one, that, yep. uh, and then number two, Ambria, the planet or Ambria. I don't know. The, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that planet that they're on has Jawa. It has huts. It has Weequay. It has sail barges. Is this going to eventually become Tatooine? Is it going to get renamed when it when the when the oh, when the Republic kind of shifts? Do you know what I mean? Because it's got all the it's got all the ingredients, but they call it something else. You know what I mean? I could so the Tatooine thing, I can totally see that. Right. Especially especially like if there's like some kind of natural disaster right. in the four thousand years between whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a similar planet too. It's, yeah, it's, it's desert. It's, right. It's desertish. It just seems to have like a little bit less activity, but like it's the same. It's yeah. like the huts are there. Yeah, the sail barges. Yeah. Shit, that's a good. Like I, I like that I, because when you think about it, especially with, especially with a republic as large as the Galactic Republic, four thousand years is a long time. Right. Right. Ten years is an eternity in the United States <laughs> for things to change. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, it's an eternity, especially the last few. But you know, <laughs> it's an eternity. So four thousand years of yep. thousands of planets all of whom have hyperdrives and advanced technology and whatever, like that is a long time for things to be completely different in some ways right. and morph into whatever. So like, dude, I can totally see that okay. happening in terms of like a, a, a new revision of tattooing. Um, okay. The crystals, I don't know that almost, so I can see that I can see that going one of two ways. One is what you said, or you Positive, I guess, is that there are multiple kinds of crystals that can become lightsaber crystals. That right. that can make sense, like in universe. Sure. The the out of universe explanation is that maybe they just fucking forgot by the time they rolled around <laughs> yeah. to to like reinventing or retelling right. how Jedi get their crystals and stuff. Like I can see either one being the case there, sure. just because because I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there are lots of little things that are like hinted at one way, and then it's just not that. You know, by the time you get to it, so see, see, and that's where that's where this headcanon thing can kind of come in useful. Yeah. So we can kind. I I think just for my my mental stability, I need to think that somewhere in the giant republic, four thousand years ago, there were there were kyber crystals, and then there were these other crystals, and they were both used to make lightsabers. Yeah, and that's you know what, honestly, if I move to the headcanon world, I like that better too. I like that better in terms of the. The galaxy is huge, right? You know, huge. If there's only one cave on one planet 
that can make lightsaber things like mm, right that's like uh, seems unlikely every lightsaber is worth like a billion dollars then so dropping your lightsaber is like <laughs> killing a, a small nation's economy <laughs> well like anakin that gives more weight though to anakin losing his lightsaber all yeah the and time. obi-wan being like you're grounded for dropping your <laughs> this like, is 30 this is 30 billion dollars of galactic credits or whatever right. one other thing occurred to me as i was reading through this just to be just for a little comedy this k Keldroma. He keeps losing his arm. What up with dude, that? Dude, How many dude, times is he gonna lose his dude, arm? I'm going to share my screen because look at my notes. Ulick, they cut off my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, and I wrote, that is somehow very funny. He in, just, my, in my notes here. What a, what a strange yeah. thing to exclaim. Right, like, right. They cut off my arm. And right. it just keeps getting cut off too. <laughs> and His new wasn't. robot arm gets sliced right off again. Right, right. Oh, dude. That's hilarious. That's so, hilarious. It's even funnier when you think about it that I don't think Alec was near him. Like, yeah. who was he shouting to? <laughs> like, that'd be like me going like, Santa! Oh! <laughs> they cut off my arm. <laughs> Dances up at the North Pole like, the fuck just happened? What, what was that? Felt something. Yeah, whatever. I felt something. <laughs> um, and I, so I have one more thing that ties back to a different thing that we've discussed before. And I okay. can't remember if it's been on, I can't remember if it's one of the lost episodes or not. Um, <laughs> I love but, it. We, maybe uh, one day we'll get these lost episodes back. That'd be, we that'd can be petition awesome. Skype to get the old audio. Yeah. From there. The droid that goes with Nomi and her child to the planet where Master Thawne is. 3D. 3D. Yep. Yeah. He or she, the droid, gets like kind of blasted apart a little bit right. and then fixed up by one of these guys who are on that planet. And the guy is fixing 3D and he says, Oh, your, you know, hypo flange is out of whack or whatever. Yeah. And, and 3D says, Oh dear, that's fatal, isn't it? Now, that's kind of funny by itself. Right. But also, that ties to my, my supposition, my positing that in the Star Wars universe, droids consider themselves alive and i think i i think i consider them alive too yeah you know like they have personalities they, have, they express a desire yeah. not to die yeah you know they don't want their memories wiped they have emotion like, because if they, they have, have fear emotion. that's an emotion yeah yeah i wrote this down wiping a droid's memory is a murder is murder of a sort i think it really i think oh, it God. is like like the star wars universe has these has at least at least three moral problems or three right. big moral problems. Right. No, at least two. Anyway, one is slavery. The Jedi just shrug at slavery. And two is yep. two is droids. Like, I think they've achieved sentience. Please don't hurt them. Right. Three is the, the way they treat the clones, which kind of ties into slavery, but you know, it's sort of well, separate. yeah, but I mean, it's a different, different species, yeah. but what about, what about four? They keep fucking Chewbacca over. <laughs> and then and then individual racism against a single <laughs> entity known as Chewbacca. One guy. One day he's going to get his comeuppance and, and <laughs> or they're going to get their comeuppance. One day he's going to get one day he's going to come into his own and they're going to be like, <laughs> "Oh, we should never have crossed him." Fuck, yeah, that's uh that's a good point. We could do a whole episode just on like droid civil rights. Droid civil rights. Fuck, yes. We should we should do that. That should be the next thing. I'm just kidding. We should talk about the next thing, though. We should talk about the next thing. Yeah. Oh, wait. One other thing real quick. Droids play... That droid plays an instrument. I mean, come on. 3D plays a friggin' instrument. So exactly what you're talking about. Now they've got the arts. Droids. Droids are alive. 
Droids are alive. Johnny Five is alive, you guys. <laughs> Johnny Five is alive. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in forever, dude. Thank you. I love Thanks that for movie. Bringing me back to Short Circuit. That was. Uh, oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing yeah. in my notes. Ah, we talked about the Tommy Westfall universe and how it's all connected. Like all those. All connected. Are, yeah. Uh, so so okay so star wars i think is already part of the time of westfall thing by some connection or whatever right yeah we got um, there i think at one point. we got there already i think this comic book may have just tommy westfall the day the earth stood still into the tommy westfall world because Wait, how? because this is a this is a loose connection okay it's tenuous there at one point they're listing off the names of species that are in this certain gathering or whatever and the list goes like this. Klaatu, Weakways, Nikdos, and Baradas. Oh, shit. And the famous phrase from the day the Eastern still is right. Klaatu, Barada, Nikdo. Right. Right? So, right. like, clearly an authorial insertion or whatever, right? Right. But you could also interpret it as Klaatu, Barada, Nikdo is a part of the Star Wars universe <laughs> in some sense. Which oh, that's draws... Great which draws in the day of the earth sits still. Oh, that's fantastic. If, that's it, fantastic. if it wasn't already there, I don't know if it's already right. in the Tommy Westfall. Well, I'm going to have to go and look now. I still have that link <laughs> to that, that uh, thing. I think so. Yeah. But there was, a, it was a timeline. This like this huge, like yeah. website that had all those timelines. All the explanations for it. Yeah. Fuck. I love that thing too, man. I spent a long time on that. Just it was like, fun. It was a fun read. It really was. Yeah. Okay, so that's my final. That's my final random yeah, that, note from. I don't this, think this I have thing. any other. I have no other random notes. So let's let's let's, what, let's talk, talk about, about what's, what's next. next. Yeah, because 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 the reason we got to Tales of the Jedi was we wanted to get into more of like Sith specific stuff. Right. And I actually think I wouldn't mind continuing to go in the Tales of the Jedi stuff further into like the Great Sith War and whatever else because we picked we picked this set of comics as the precursor to some of the Sith specific storylines in Tales of the Jedi. If we wanted to stay on that path, we still have material in this set of publications to to stay with that. But so I think I think a four, five, six issue kind of thing is perfect length for us to see. So so my proposition is that we do Dark Wars of the Sith for our next Dark episode. Wars of the Sith it is. I'm adding it to my cart on comicsology as we speak. Because I think this might help us with some of the questions that we have on how the Sith do what they do. You know, what's, what's their fucking deal? And then we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And then we'll continue. We'll keep going with, um, I will keep playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And then hopefully, I read something somewhere that it's like 29 hours minimum to get through the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. So... If that's the case, then about 14 and a half hours worth of playtime should get me to this twist that you're talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Or is it Something longer like than that? that? It okay. might be slightly more toward the end. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not well, sure, though. I will continue to play that. And we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll move into that once, uh, once I've managed to complete that. Now, I'm doing the light side version. And yeah. The dark side version. And I, will, I haven't even started yet, but I will, be doing, I will be doing all of the evil, evil choices. <laughs> if the choice on the screen says, sorry, I won't save this orphanage. I will boil their puppies instead. <laughs> I am doing that thing with my character. So, Eat child, do not eat child. <laughs> so I know what I'm doing. Click. Well, I'm hungry, so. <laughs> I got a rumbly in my tumbly. 
<laughs> All right, so that'll that'll be it for this week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, Dark Lords of the Sith next. Dark week. Lords of the Sith next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!